You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Braitman. Today, we're sitting down with John Farragon once again to discuss an update on Islatrovir, a drug for treatment and prevention of HIV, with some studies being placed on hold recently. Welcome back, John. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here again to talk about this uh, this next topic. So, John, what's the story about Islatrovir studies, at least some of them being placed on clinical hold? What can you tell us? Yeah, so uh, so I'll, I'll, this has kind of been an evolving story over the last couple of months. Um, it really, it started kind of in November of last year, um, and when it went into December, and then some of the some of the Croy data reflected some of these changes too, which we um, uh, we didn't really go over a lot of this because I, I don't know what's going to happen with the drug. But here's the story. So, is Latchavir, as as many of you may know or may not know, but it's really a new kind of novel mechanism. It's a, it's an it's an NRTTI. So it's a nucleide, a nucleoside reverse transcriptase translocation inhibitor. And without having a diagram, it's really hard to explain, but it not only in, involves inhibiting, um, um, you know, tr- reverse transcriptase, but also the translation of kind of like the next step when it kind of, when the, uh, when you're building the, the, um, the, uh, the HIV virus, if the, the, the DNA basically going from one spot to the next, it blocks, it blocks in a couple of different spots. So again, it really, it was going to be a unique mechanism and it, it would have been great because we would have potentially, um, been able to use it not only for treatment, but also for, for prevention. But the real key with the Slatchavir that there really was this possibility in some earlier data, early data suggesting this and, and providing some proof of concept that we could have long-acting formulations with this drug, including even an implant. And that was something that we talked about before um, where they might've been able to do an Islatrovir implant for, for example, for PrEP or even for treatment. But now due to some lab abnormalities, the medication is now mostly on hold for now. Not every study was put on complete hold, but there's all these stopping rules and new kind of monitoring that's in place for the ones that are actually going forward. So I don't know what the future is gonna hold, but since December, of last year, the FDA has placed a hold on almost every study um, for um, uh, for for slatchivir. So here here's kind of the timeline. So last year, November, uh, in the middle of November, they they uh, the there was a study called um, the slatchivir plus MK five eight zero seven, which is a non nucleoside drug, and combined with the oral slatchivir that was put on hold. They stopped dosing participants um, due to substantial decreases in what we call the CD four lymphocyte count. So um, from baseline where the patients were, they had roughly about a 40% reduction in their lymphocyte counts. So because they were worried about this, they said, you know, geez, what are we supposed to do? So they 
they placed some increased monitoring onto the phase three, uh, other phase three studies that were going on. In particular, this one was the deraverine with, with the slatrivir. So deraverine is, an, is another non-nucleoside that's on the market that, that Merck actually makes as long with the slatrivir. And um, for the treatment of a slatrivir for PrEP, that was another study that they had ongoing. They put some different monitoring in for, for them to kind of protect patients. Again, it's all about safety, right? It's all about protecting um, studies, especially when the drugs are investigational and you have study subjects, making sure you're doing the right thing as you move along. Um, so then um, about a week later, they, they put the uh, slatrivir lenacapavir studies on hold uh, due to the observations in the, in the slatrivir program with showing these uh, decreased lymphocyte counts. Now, for those of you who don't, if you don't recall, lenacapavir is a, um, is a capsid inhibitor that's an injectable every six months sub-Q from Gilead. And Gilead and Merck had a, had a plan to use basically slatrivir long-acting and lenacapavir together in, um, uh, in, in patients as long-acting formulations. It really would have been a great kind of combination. Again, when I say it would have been, it still could be. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but you know, right now things are kind of on hold for a lot of these. Um, and then in December, the once monthly aslatchivir for HIV prevention was also put on enrollment pause following data review that looked at the aslatchivir prep and the aslatchivir treatment studies. And at this point, they, they also reconsented participants to make sure that they realize that they, there is this monitoring issue that's happening and we have to make sure that you're your, your, um, that your um, CD4 lymphocyte counts are, are appropriate. They added some stopping rules as well. And then what the FDA did in, uh, in the end of December, um, they put on this IND, which is the investigation new drug clinical hold and a full clinical hold placed on the aslatchivir oral and the implant for PrEP, um, the aslatchivir injectable for treatment and PrEP. And then a partial clinical hold was placed on the deraverine aslatchivir daily treatment study. So the nice thing about that was only a partial clinical hold on the deraverine aslatchivir uh, studies that they're still kind of looking at. Um, so then they stopped um, screening and enrolling, but again, continued dosing with increased monitoring and some additional stop, stopping rules. So what are the lymphocyte count numbers that we're worried about? So one of them, you know, one study was around 35, 40%. I can just tell you, this is the aslatchivir the, plus the Merck 8507. These are persons living with HIV. And the total lymphocyte count in the 100 milligram arm um, was a 17% reduction, 26% reduction in total lymphocytes in the 200 milligram. And then a 400, in the 400 milligram arm, there was a minus 30% in, uh, decrease in, in total, total lymphocytes. And in the control arm, the, the lymphocyte counts actually went up. T cell counts uh, went down with the 400, about 30% as well about the same number for the 200 and the 100. So the bottom line is, you know, it seems like it'd be this dose related effect where the higher the dose is 100, 200 to 400 milligrams of a aslatchivir, um, there appeared to be um, uh, uh, a substantial increase over time of, of uh, or sorry, a substantial decrease in, in both total lymphocytes and CD4 uh, T cell count. So that was, that was part of it. So now, you know, that those are HIV infected patients. Like what about patients who are uninfected? And these are the phase two and phase three uh, PrEP clinical trials. And the doses that they used there was a slatch of your 60 milligrams and 120 milligrams monthly. It was a single agent study uh, at patients with low, low risk of HIV infection. And in the slatch of your 60 milligrams, there was a 21% reduction in lymphocytes and a 36% reduction in the 120 milligram arm. So again, you know, again, placebo, there's really no change. So there is serious, appears to be something, something um, that's going on. Now, some people speculated with the aslatchivir 
uh, five, um, uh, five, H507 study that maybe it was the other drug, right? Because it could have been the other non-nucleoside that was causing it. But here, we're just looking at a slatchivir alone as a single agent, and you're still seeing this reduction in lymphocyte count. So we'll have to see what happens. It might be a dose-related thing uh, or, or, or not. We have to just kind of see what happens. But I think for those of you who are doing HIV care, we're always looking for new drugs to kind of see what we can do with them. And especially with some of these long-acting formulations that we have the Cabanuva, um, we have uh, even Cabotegavir alone, Epertude for PrEP. These are long-acting drugs, which are really kind of cool, novel mechanisms. And Aslachivir will be nice to have in the future. Hopefully, this whole lymphocyte thing can, can be worked out. John, can you go over the studies that are either on clinical hold or partial clinical hold? Yeah, so, so this part's going to, well, it might be a little boring for you, but I'm just going to kind of go over the studies, right? This is a listing of the studies that, that came out, um, you know, that are, that, are on, that are on full clinical hold. So I'll do the full clinical hold ones first and the partial clinical holds in a second. But um, the, um, the 016 study, this was a, a PrEP study, which looked at oral slatcher once a month. Um, there's a, Empower 22, that was a phase three PrEP study which looked at oral eslachivir once a month in cisgender women. The Empower 24, also phase three PrEP study that um, was looking at eslachivir once a month in cisgender men and transgender women uh, who have sex with men, high risk for HIV. And then there was also the, the, um, uh, the, the phase one injectable eslachivir, which uh, dosing was actually complete, but that's been put on full clinical hold. Um, there was also a, a phase two study for PrEP that looked at once, once monthly Aslachivir in trans and gender diverse individuals. And that study had not yet opened enrollment. So that's a good thing. Nobody actually got the drug yet, but again, that's, you know, that's, that's not, that's on full clinical hold. And then there's also a, a, um, this once yearly implant study, which again, I think really would have been interesting. Um, that study had not yet opened enrollment. There was some pre preliminary PK data from early phase, from phase one, phase two, but the phase two A study had not, had not started. Um, and that was on a full clinical hold. The following studies, the rest of these that I'm going to talk about, have really been placed on what they call partial clinical hold, which means that there's probably going to be some either additional monitoring. Uh, and if they are allowed to go on, go, go forward, um, you know, there's going to be some, some definitely some rules and stopping rules on lymphocyte and additional monitoring. Um, but the partial clinical hold for some of these studies, uh, this is the phase two dose range study um, of, of oral uh, deravirine plus a slatchivir. This is the once daily with uh, lamivudine. This was treatment naive patients. This is fully enrolled, um, partial clinical hold on that one. The Illuminate switch A, and then there's a switch B study. Um, these were open label studies that were basically looking at um, patients who were uh, full, fully suppressed and switch from an antiretroviral therapy to what we, uh, to this deravirina slatchivir. Um, and again, the, um, the Illuminate switch B, uh, again, looking at people who are on BIC, uh, BICTegavir, TAF50C, so BICTarvi, switched to this deravirina slatchivir uh, who are virologically suppressed, also fully enrolled. And then there's Illuminate HTE, Illuminate Naive, and Illuminate Youth. Um, and these are uh, additional studies which are, um, some of these are in heavily treatment experienced patients, some of them in treatment naive populations or in youth um, with deravirine aslachivir orally once a day um, that's being looked at. And, and most of these have also been put on partial, partial clinical hold. So partial clinical hold, the definition is really kind of not clear. 
to me, but I guess, you know, there, there may be studies, may, parts of these studies may still be ongoing. Um, uh, but again, there's going to be definitely additional monitoring. So I'll have to see what actually pans out. Um, and there's also some pediatric studies, which are also kind of on, on hold as well. Um, but we'll see. I hope, it, I hope it, they figure it out and hope they're able to figure out the monitoring so that we can still have access to these medications at some point in the future. John, before we begin to wrap up, what can you tell us about collaborations with other companies? Can you talk at all about the lenacapavir and its latrovir studies? Yeah, so this is probably one of the most important ones. I kind of alluded to it, but the Gilead-Merck combination was going to be a slatrovir and lenacapavir, and these were going to be for people who were living with HIV, virologically depressed, on antiretroviral therapy, and following this decision to stop dosing in the study, participants in both treatment groups will stop taking study drug and restart the prior antiretroviral therapy. So they actually stopped the study altogether. So that's kind of a little downer because I think this, this combination, these having these two companies work together on something that both, where they both have really good potential for good long acting drugs, I think really made a difference. Um, and I think we have to see, see, see what happens next. I, I have to say though, this is the reality of drug development. And, you know, I know a lot of times we don't hear a lot of drugs being stopped right, in the HIV world. Um, but certainly in the COVID era, right, there was there were drugs that were kind of stopped development because they weren't effective. You know, there were certainly drugs in, in the HIV world, hep C world that we don't hear about. But, you know, it's rare to see a drug get to this point and then have it kind of, you know, be put on hold by the FDA and the IND kind of put on hold, which is the investigational new drug application. So we'll have to see where this pans out. But hopefully, um, Merck can either work out different dosing or figure out some kind of a mechanism. Maybe they have some solution for it. Sometimes, you know, the companies have drugs that are very similar to, you know, what they're using and then it doesn't cause this lymphocyte reduction. I will clarify, just comment one thing. Now, back in the day, for those of you who've been around for a while, there was an old, uh, there was some of the old tenofovir DDI. So TDF, uh, which is a, the disoproxyl from RA tenofovir with a drug called didanosine, there were blunted CD4 counts in some patients who are on those regimens. And I think the, the study I remember is the one with the Fabrins back in the day. And if you looked at a comparator arm that didn't have those two nukes or didn't have TDF and DDI together, the T cell counts were higher versus those people who were on TDF plus DDI. So this blunted T cell count is not an unheard of phenomenon in the HIV world. The question is, why is it happening with this, uh, with this, uh, you know, with this uh, NRTTI? And is there any way to kind of get around it or do something different. But that's kind of the story of what's, of what's actually going on uh, right now with, uh, with this latch of beer. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about this new information on Islatrovir and how all of these studies are going. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaatc.org. That's www.nekaatc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This 
presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.